Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi there. We are back, and we are again up at Bear Lake. Um, How do these weeks go by so fast, honey? My gosh, we just did the radio show yesterday. I know. I know. It's crazy. We, we only record this once a road. week. They, yeah. they run it more often than that, but we only record it once a week. But I swear, seems like uh, we do it every day. It does really that mean does. we're getting old? When time is is it true that as you get older, time goes faster, or is that just sort of an old wives' tale? I don't know, but it sure used to seem like a century from Christmas to Christmas when I was six years old, and now it seems like you just snap your fingers and there it is again. We're already halfway back to Christmas. I can't believe it. It's frightening, you know. I someone told me not long ago that if. If you don't know what phase the moon is in, you're not in tune enough with nature. And I took that somewhat seriously, and I've been trying to keep an eye on the moon. And I just looked up at it last night, and it was a half moon already. And it was just, I mean, where did that time go? Where did that, where did that waxing happen? Why is it already a half moon? You know, it's just amazing how fast the time flies. But do you know what? There is a way to slow time down. You know what it is, Linda? <laughs> Yeah, I do, because we've been trying to do it uh, for a long time. All you have to do to slow time down is to become more observant and more aware and notice everything around you and be present in the moment. And that is especially good advice for parents, because the best parents we know are the ones who see what's going on right now. They notice their kids. They notice what their mood is. They notice what their facial expression is they notice whether they're up or down whether they're happy or sad they notice things and they put things together and man they become good parents it's so true i thought you were going to say move around uh, move your locations time definitely goes faster when you're in a routine oh i <laughs> see that's another way to slow time every down. day yeah, yeah. And um, that's true, too. You can slow time down by moving where you are and going somewhere else. And it seems like a one-week trip to Boston or Washington, D.C. lasts forever before you get home. So Yeah, um, you're right. But, but I, here's my theory on that, Linda. The reason that traveling seems to make time go slower is not the traveling itself. It's that when you're traveling, you are more observant because you're you're not seeing the same things you're used to every day, so you're not in a mental rut. So so traveling, I would say it this way, traveling is one way to cause yourself to be highly observant, but it's being highly observant that slows time down. So you don't have to travel to slow time down. You can just watch things and, and notice things because, see, you're never in a routine or a rut if you're aware of things that are happening because no no two days are ever the same I and mean, we we think they are i got up i went to work i came home but no not if you're in the moment present in the moment there's lots of different things happening that have never happened before the question is are you going to see them or not and if you say i don't care i don't really care if i'm observant or not well maybe what will motivate you to be more observant is that's a way to slow time down if you slow time down you have more time, and all of us want more time. We do, absolutely. And, you know, I just, we we have been thinking and working a lot on time this week because we're working on a new book. 
about uh, age and how age affects us and particularly how our age can benefit others, particularly our grandchildren and sometimes our our children if they like to take advice. If they don't, then never mind. But the grandchildren really need our help, especially in in the way the world is right now. It is just a very scary world, and all the help they can get is very, very important. Well, let's talk about Iyer's on the Road now for a minute. Linda Iyer was in Austin, Texas with her husband Richard this last week. They were presenting a seminar on parenting, avoiding the entitlement trap, and raising responsible kids to a sterling group of stellar CEOs of various companies in the Austin, Texas area. It was very fun. We enjoyed ourselves a lot. And we got surprised, speaking of serendipity and being aware of things, we thought that this was just a meeting for the parents. So we were going to do a sort of our standard parenting thing, and lo and behold, we got there, and no one had, someone had forgotten, it slipped someone's mind to tell us, that kids were also invited. So here was a room full of parents and kids down to babies, but most of them seemed to be, I'd say, elementary age kids, wouldn't you, honey? Yeah, a lot of elementary. I mean, really, there were some little ones. There were some babies. There were a couple of older kids, junior high kids. And uh, needless to say, we didn't do the segment on our talk, which we often do, um, about how to talk to your child about sex. Well, we, we slipped in the back room very quickly, and we readjusted our PowerPoint, and we decided to focus the middle part of our presentation on something that we're going to tell you about today on the radio show. And it is really an interesting thing. It's something we did a few years ago in a book, a book that was published by uh, McGraw-Hill. And it was a book called The Book of Nurturing, but it doesn't really tell you what the book is. It's a book about having a secret code of communication that allows a parent to communicate with a child without a lecture, without yelling, without disciplining him, which is particularly useful if you happen to be on an airplane or at a restaurant or some other place where you need to discipline a child, but you need to do it subtly and secretly. I bet a lot of listeners are now quite interested, Linda. Yeah, and actually this is something you can do as a parent or a grandparent if you know the secret code. It's pretty fun. To, um, well, you're on, grand- you're on grandparenting today, aren't you? You keep reminding people that you're older than I'm old or something. Oh, you? I don't know about that. But anyway, um, it is really a fun, fun thing to do with kids. Um, Let's we- tell them where to get the secret code, and then we'll explain it a little. Does that sound like a good idea? All righty. You can get this secret code by going to valuesparenting.com, all strung together, valuesparenting.com. And over on the left, there's a little click that's called Secret Code. And when you go there, Linda, what will they find? Um, You will find an abbreviated form of a book that we did several years ago um, called The Book of Nurturing. And actually, if you want greater detail, you can still get that probably at a great price. Um, what What you will find there is pictures of um, animals. We decided that the Really, the common denominator among all children that they're all interested in pretty much is animals. 
so we decided to craft a secret code around nine different animals. Actually, one or two of them are not actual animals. Most of them are. But it really has been a fun thing, and the kids just get it, and the parents get it. Their eyes light up, and there we go. Let's give them a couple of examples. I think one of your favorites is the crab. So imagine in your mind what you're going to see when you go online is you're going to see this picture of Two crabs in a bucket. One's trying to climb out, and the other one's pulling him down with his claw. And Linda, why don't you tell why why that's one of the secret code words? Well, we just thought this is a fun story because truly, if you put one crab in a bucket and you catch him on the beach or wherever you are and near the ocean, and you put a crab in a bucket, he'll try. He'll you know he'll just kind of sit there. He'll try to get out, but not really. But if you put two crabs in a bucket. They have this instinct that requires them to try to get out. And just as one just gets his claw over the edge, the other one grabs his leg and pulls him down. And then the other one tries to get out, and then the other one will grab his leg and pull him down. And we try to tell kids that this is the way it is when you are mean to your brother or your sister. When you're um, rude or saying something not quite appropriate, that you are being like a crab. And what we want to do is to push our siblings and our friends up and give them praise and compliments and not worry so much about pulling them down. Because sometimes when you try to pull people down, it's an indication that you have a little self-confidence problem. So you want to really boost them up. So So that's how the code works. So if you see a child now that's criticizing his sibling or something instead of rushing in and lecturing or yelling or disciplining or whatever, you you get the kid's eye contact and you say crab, and you've set this up, and a kid knows exactly what it means. Maybe the picture of the crab's on your refrigerator. He knows the minute he hears the word crab, oh, oh, I am behaving like a crab. I am trying to pull someone down instead of boosting them up. Now, your kids can use it on you, too, so watch out. Next time you're dressing a kid down or chewing him out or whatever, he might look at you and say, Dad, crab, and you better know what that means. So that's one example. Let me give you one more quick one. Um, Maybe we'll give two or three more. Who knows? But one of my favorites is the humpback whale. You have this beautiful picture of a couple of humpback whales with their little baby whale, and, and you tell kids this simple fact that humpback whales are amazing communicators. They do not yell, scream, interrupt. They don't do any of those things. You realize that? Marine biologists tell us that uh, when a whale is singing, they, that's how they, they, they their, their song. You, maybe some of you heard the song of the humpback whale. John Denver even wrote a song. Have you heard the sound the humpback makes a hundred miles away? I just thought I'd throw that in, Linda. But uh, <laughs> that's the, pretty the, good. the humpbacks... Uh, that they sing, but one stops before the other one starts. There's no interrupting. So you tell kids about these marvelous, huge animals that weigh 50 tons, and they eat together. They swim to the bottom of the ocean and create a bubble net with their blowholes, and then they swim up through it and eat together, all the while communicating but never interrupting, never yelling. And once the kids sort of get that whole thing, wow, those whales are cool, then the next time a kid is interrupting or yelling or acting out of sorts in a communicative sort of way, negatively, then you get his eye contact and you look at him and you say, whale. And he knows exactly what that means. Cease and desist with what you're doing. Be like the whale instead. 
it really is so fun uh, when we do this with kids, and we we don't often have kids, but sometimes we do, and they bring them in for the last half hour or something, and uh, it really is fun to see the lights go off in their eyes like, oh, wow, this is going to be a fun secret. And, I mean, not always, until we tell them that actually if their parents are interrupting them when they are playing or talking with somebody, they can say, wail back, and the parents might have to just give it a second thought, too. I don't know if you want to go that far, but they, the kids sure like it because it's not just a disciplinary thing for parents. It's also some way to, for a child to communicate yeah, that, it's, you know, it's a, it's I'm, a family communication secret code, and... Uh, for you, those of you just tuning in, we're talking about secret code words based on animals that are based on some beautiful photo, beautiful drawings that we that you can download at valuesparenting.com. And we've talked about two examples of the secret code, one for when people are interrupting and yelling and one for when they're being critical of each other. We'll take a brief break, and when we come back, we'll tell you a couple more of these remarkably effective animal code words to give you private discipline within your family. And we're back. We're talking about secret codes today. That's quite a subject you wouldn't expect on a parenting show, but Hey, we all need a secret way to discipline our kids that doesn't get out of hand in public or whatever. And frankly, we need it in private, too. Who wants to have a big emotional outburst every time a kid steps out of line? How much better if you got a little code and you knows what it means and you know what it means and you say a single word and bingo, he begins to behave himself. It's just that easy, right, Linda? Right. It's really kind of fun. And... uh Actually, you can, as we mentioned the first, you can get the secret code by just going to valuesparenting.com and clicking on the left on secret code. And you can download, have your kids actually download the pictures of the animals that we'll be talking about, put it on the fridge, and don't try to do it all at once. Do one a week or one a month or, you know, whatever works for you. But it really is fun to have kind of a secret in the family. Yeah, it is. It really helps with values. Let me tell you about another one as an example. This one's maybe for a little older kids. Maybe you thought these were all for little teeny kids. But one that I really like is the frog. And the picture, I'll try to describe it, and then you'll see it when you download it. But it's a, it's a little live frog, poor little thing. He was in water, and he's getting cooked. And you don't want to use this with little kids because it's a bit gruesome. But it is true that the way to have a fresh batch of frog legs is to throw a live frog into water, but not boiling water. You know why. If you think about it, if you throw a frog in boiling water, he jumps out, you never find him again. But if you put a frog, a little amphibian that he is, in a cold pan of water, he's very comfy and he gets a little sleepy and sits there, and then the heat gradually comes up, and before he realizes what's happened, he's cooked. And believe it or not, that is a fabulous code word for teenagers because so often teenagers are 
I mean, you can almost hear it in your own mind if you've been around seniors. Oh, it's okay, Dad. It's it's a, the party's okay. Uh, oh no, that friend's okay. I can I can handle it. I, he's a little wild, but I can handle it. You know, and and if you're not careful as a parent, you're in a mode where you're constantly saying, "No, I don't want you." Listen, if you go to that party, there's going to be drinking there. There's going to be problems there. You're and you're in an argument now with your kid who's saying, "I can handle myself. I'm not going to do anything bad." And it just it just goes nowhere. But if you have established this wonderful code word of frog, and 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 the teenager understands that means sometimes you get a little too comfortable and the water's heating up and you don't quite realize it. And before you know it, you're cooked or you're busted or the police show up or you know something happens. And uh, man, you wish you'd got out of there sooner. And so. If you really establish that with a kid, then he understands. And then instead of the big argument, you can just say, hey, son, listen, I trust you, but I want you to remember the frog. I think you better tell the little story about um, one of our daughters one night who was certain that she was going to a totally okay party, and uh, things got a little bit out of hand. Well, you go ahead, honey. That's a good story, and then I'll give him one more example from the code. Well, it was just a matter of, you know, there was drinking there. She didn't realize it was going to be. Um, the, things were getting wild and kind of out of control because people were getting drunk. And uh, she just called on the phone, and Richard answered the phone, and all he heard was this little voice in a whisper that said, Dad, frog. <laughs> And he I knew, knew exactly. exactly what that meant. I buzzed he got in the over car, there. He said, I'll be over there. I think I broke the speed limit getting over there. And there she was waiting outside that house. And she got in and said, thanks for coming and getting me, Dad. That was a frog situation. She was about 14. It was really cute. And and I just think, you know, we underestimate how, how valuable it is to give kids a context for things. And and that particular one of the – by the way, there's nine animal codes in this whole series, and we've given you an example of three of them. I think I'll mention just one more because some of them are a little humorous, and you want a little humor. You don't want it to be deadly serious. This this last one I'm going to give you an example of is is a picture of a bear. Or not, actually, it's not a picture of a bear. It's a picture of a uh, – yeah, it is. There's a bear there, but he's looking at these two shoes and a backpack laying on the ground. And the story that goes with the picture, some of you are familiar with Yeah, you with may it. have heard the story. You know, the two hikers come along a mountain trail, and there's a bear suddenly snarling right in their path. And one of the hikers quickly sits down on the ground, gets his backpack off, rips off his hiking boots, and starts putting on his running shoes. And the other hiker's like, are you crazy? What are you doing? You can't outrun a bear. And the the one putting on his running shoes says, "I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you." And and yeah. we, actually, when we told this story in Austin, it was hilarious. You know, the older kids laughed, and then the little kids like, uh, "What does that they had mean?" Had to think about it for a while. Some of the big kids were saying, "You know, you know, he, he, the bear's going to eat the the other guy." You know, and so they were all sort of there was a delayed ripple of laughter after the little kids got it, but. It's actually a very important code word because when a kid leaves his clothes all over the floor or throws his dirty baseball mitt on the kitchen cupboard or 
whatever. He's really behaving like that hiker. He's saying, oh, I, I don't have to deal with this. Some, someone, you know, the bear can eat someone else. Someone else can clean this up. I, you know, I, I, as long, I won't have to do it because I'm out of here. I'm gone, see. And, and it's a very, a very irresponsible way to act. And when kids compare it to the hiker running away from the bear, they really get it. And so the next time that uh, the, the kid's room is a total mess or whatever, instead of some big, long lecture, if you've really established this code, eye contact, look at me, son, look at me, look at my eyes, bear. Oh yeah, sorry, Dad. I'm you know I'm 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 like the guy that ran off and left the other guy to get eaten by the bear. You know I've never really thought of this before, but just because we were saying that sometimes it applies to both child and parent, um, we were talking to someone the other day who said that their son um, had a job, but then he came home and said he would rather. And actually, it was it was a executive at one of the the printer with the publishers in New York. Uh, he just decided he didn't want to go to work. He'd rather just stay home. And as this uh, person that was talking said, as they looked into the situation, they realized that this mother had done this child's homework for him his whole life. She wanted him to get good grades, wanted him to succeed, get into the school he wanted. So she had just been, she'd hired a secretary, actually, to do his homework. Well, you know, that's kind of a bear situation, too, because the world ate that kid up um, because he had no skills. And so it's interesting that it can go both ways on any of these. Well, I think I, I'm glad we did this show today, honey. I'm going to say a couple things in wrapping up. It's, again, the whole theory is... Wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to repeat ourselves all the time? Wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to go through the same battle every time a kid does something and we're trying to correct him? Wouldn't it be nice if we could find a shorthand way uh, and one with a little mystery and a little intrigue for kids called a secret code where one word reminds him of the things that he already knows and, and gives him a chance to do it right and to not go through some big deal. And uh, we think this is a wonderful way to do it, these nine code words all based on animals. We've given you the example of the crab, the whale, the, the, uh, the frog, and the bear. There's, there's also one about a turtle. There's a, there's a wonderful one about redwood trees. There's a wonderful one about geese. And they all represent something which is which hearkens to the natural behavior of one of these animals. So as you, and some kids will even research it. It's amazing how much kids already know about humpback whales or about crabs or whatever. They've learned it in school or their biology class or something. And they'll tell you some things, and then you'll tell them, well, here's the amazing thing, and, and this is the thing we don't want to follow about crabs or that we do want to follow about whales or that we, that we don't want to be like the frog and so on. And it can really, really be a powerful thing. So once again, we invite you to have it for free. We invite you to go on valuesparenting.com, click on Secret Code. You'll get enough of it there for free that you can decide if it's going to work for your family. And then if you want to get the book, fine. I'm not discouraging them, Linda. I'm just saying they don't really need the book to find out if it works for their family. Yeah, in fact, they can just find out if it works, and then if they want to know more, they can go 
to Amazon. So we we wish you the very best with your secret codes in your own family and hope that this really does something to just kind of change things up a little bit and make things a little more fun at your house. Now we got in the last couple of minutes here, I just want to kind of um, double back a little on, because, you know, after all, the show is called Ours on the Road, and I... I, th- I want to just tell you just a parting shot or two about this marvelous parenting conference that we were privileged to speak at in Austin. Uh, they held it at a, a absolutely gorgeous resort called Lost Pines, which was out on the Colorado River. Yeah, some of you may know that the Colorado River eventually makes its way into into Central Texas, and uh, there you you know the, the families could come and they could ride horses or they could uh, go on bike rides or they could swim in the pool had a thousand yard long lazy river you could float along and so it was a good place for families to have fun but this was an interesting group because they came to improve their families and we helped them learn how to do family mission statements we gave them a little bit of insight in, in how important it is to have a weekly family meeting and then as we mentioned because the kids were there unexpectedly we we gave him access to this secret family code for better communication and better discipline within the family. And I guess you know by now, if you listen to us often, that's our whole reason for coming on Hires uh, on the Road every week is to say, hey, let's share with as many people as we can, not our wisdom, but the wisdom of the parents that we meet and the wisdom that we find among parents who are trying hard to do their best to improve and to be better and better in taking care of their own children. So good luck on your own road, and we'll be talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.